Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 430, recording live, and we remember on November 11th. I'm one of your hosts, Mo. And I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. And I'm another one, Adriel. And I am Kyle. And I am Sean. Hey, Sean. (laughs) Welcome, Sean. Our special guest host. We're going to get into what we did with guns. What we did with guns is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearm retailer, figuring, uh, featuring the SIG Cross 6.5. Are we showing it? No? Yes? I could. It's a oh, uh, sure. 6.65 Creedmoor. Everybody knows what it looks like. <laughs> mm, I'm not know. sure everybody does, but... Yeah, I wouldn't assume that. Give me it's... one second here, and boop, Look there at that. you go. There we go. Pretty. Nice They're neat. Little, yep. Yeah. Nice little gun. They're pretty uh pretty configurable. Yeah. Uh bolt gun, kind of built for PRS kind of a thing. Two grand. Yep. Price nice. decent. Yeah. Yeah. Good entry level. Okay. Uh mm-hmm. we'll start with Adriel tonight. Oh, okay. Uh, I went and did some hunting over the weekend. Uh listener Thomas and I. Uh, headed out into uh, the Edson area to, to go do some bit of bit of hunting. Uh, we camped out. It's kind of cold. It's like minus ten overnight. Everything froze. All like Ooh. like well, water, yeah. oil, just like everything, like the cooking everything. oil and stuff. Yeah. It's like we're we're gonna cook some like. Um, so he was going for deer, and we we're gonna try to get a deer. And then I was just like doing grouse whenever I saw some. <laughs> grouse <laughs> there were so many we had grouse with like every meal we'd have like uh uh i think what would you have the first day uh i just had like some some noodle like noodle bowls like the instant mm-hmm. noodles yeah. so we had some gross noodle soup and uh how was it and then we had uh uh teriyaki grouse and uh <laughs> grouse and, and rice and uh just gross with everything it was <laughs> gross heavy week yeah, yeah, it was really good to um, to try it a bunch of different ways and like, oh, you know, I really like that brining with the salt. That really like softened the meat up and made it really oh. good. I tried a couple. I tried shredded. I tried little cubes. I tried big old chunks. And uh, yeah, so now I, th- I think my favorite was the cubed um, that sat in the soup for a while. That was that was really mm. good because nice. I got some of the salt from the from the noodle soup into it. Mm-mm-mm. And boy, those grouse were dumb, and there were so many of them. <laughs> like, oh, there's like a family of five. I'm like, all right, let's, we'll, t- we'll just we'll, we won't get greedy. We'll just take three or so. We'll leave two uh. to repopulate the woods <laughs> out of that group. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so didn't uh, didn't get any deer that day. Uh, and then the next day, uh, his girlfriend Rosie came out, and uh, we went and did some uh, grouse hunting again. And uh, she got her first grouse. Uh, oh, awesome. with, uh, with the 22. Yeah. The first, uh, first one we saw and she just, she nailed it first shot too. So it was good. Good for her. Yeah. Nice. yeah. And we did some more looking around and, uh, went looking for some more grouse and, and we saw a whole bunch more, but nothing, uh, nothing super easy. A lot of them were getting kind of cagey kind of a thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really interesting, really interesting area of the, um, uh, to go hunting. Uh, Thomas like really knew the area and had scattered it out a little bit before. So okay. he knew some good spots to go and yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was really good. I think they're going to go hunting some more this, uh, this November and hopefully they, they get that deer or at least some more grouse. Man, I love grouse. It's so quick. It's so, it's so quick to go get a couple. They're so quick to clean. We saw some, uh, some gray jays, which are like, uh, uh, they're like blue jays, they're, but they're gray and they love meat. <laughs> 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 they would like we're like cleaning these grouse and the gray jays like a meter away and they're like what you got there what you got yeah. like, oh, i don't know here's a heart and i threw it at the gray jay he's like 
All right. <laughs> Went and grabbed it and took it off into the trees. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're carnivores too. They do. Uh, yeah, they do love the uh, the deer and grouse meat. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a ton of fun. Lots of fun. Lots of uh, lots of good food. Uh, good practice on the uh, cold weather stuff. Just like minus ten overnight and what you got to do to to make it through that uh, in a tent. And uh, yeah, yeah. Overall, like real fun. Cool. Um, and then I, um, actually a buddy of mine, like found a really good deal on town post. And he's like, you gotta go get this for me and I'll, I'll pay you back for it. And it's, uh, uh, a vortex crossfire two red dot and the, uh, the micro three X magnifier, the swing out one. Mm-hmm. It's really small. Mm. I can't remember where I've got it. Oh, I've got it mounted on a gun. I don't feel like getting it right now, but, uh, red dot and a, and a magnifier on it. I think that I, I really like the magnifier. Like it feels really nice. Uh, the, the swing arm on it is, is pretty decent. Uh, the dot, I don't have a stigmatism, astigmatism, uh, but the dot like blows out a little bit at an angle. So I don't think it's yeah. quite, uh, good enough. But like I, I was worried because like that crossfire too, it's just like a rheostat on the side. <laughs> turn turn it on or yeah. turn it off or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna kill batteries at this thing. CR t- uh, twenty thirty two. Like this is no this is no good. But then I went and looked on on online, and their battery life on number six for that red dot is fifty thousand hours. Oh, is that? Hmm. I love it. So I always turn it off. Just leave it on. Who cares? Just just crank it to six and uh, don't worry about it. You know, replace the battery every two years if you want to be real like conservative about it and uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Yep. Yep. I love I love the the new red dots and the fact that their batteries last for so long is so good because uh, the problem with the red dot you go to the range dots dead and it's got it takes some weird snowflakey battery and we're like oh I guess yeah. I pack up and I go home right yeah and. Uh, <laughs> Now that uh, now that uh, and it used to be that you could get a, a good red dot that would last a long time. It would just be very expensive, and now many of the even cheapest red dots have uh, thirty to fifty thousand hour yeah. lifetimes on it. They're they're going to last for years on a battery. Or you can mm-hmm. go try out the new Vortex uh, red dot that they're doing with the, um, the solar, solar panel power. on the on the, on yeah. the top. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Spark Solar. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of interesting that's too. Yeah. Yep, yep. A lot of them are coming with uh, night vision, too. The Crossfire 2 has, like, night yeah. vision uh, settings on it for, I don't know, people in freer areas than, uh, than Canada. Well, I guess I you know. could use a, I guess you could use a dot. It's just you couldn't shoot it, like, in most places. And it's very tight. Like, the, the problem with running night vision on a, on a dot like that is, like, the, the window on it is super small. So, I don't yeah, know if you're going to be able to see anything through it anyways with, a, with night vision, depending on what kind of night vision you're running. But it does have it does have night vision settings on it. I think that the hunting deer hunting deer guy has to do a little bit of a. Do I got to get the the four thing yeah. the, the yeah. night vision with the yeah, four and then like to, the flip yeah. up one? Yeah, you definitely need to get quad nods. Yeah, quad <laughs> nods. And for what? Like going hiking at night, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Walking yeah. with flashlight. I don't know. <laughs> I don't need a flashlight where I'm going. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, anyway, it's an interesting product, and that that uh, the Micro Three X magnifier feels really great. So cool. I think that's uh, that's a decent product as well. So yeah, watch for those reviews coming out. I don't know, okay. sometime or another. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's about it for me this weekend. I'm going to be going uh, uh, hunting some more, uh, and uh, I'll forget a deer, deer or grass, moose, moose. moose. I want okay. a moose. Mm. That's what I want the most. You want the moose, moose the most. Mm-hmm. Because the meat's good. Nice. The meat's really good out of a moose. And uh, yeah. beef's expensive right now. Like red meat's expensive. Mm, it is. So if I get a moose, the value, the value is like way up there. Buy a low, sell high. That moose tag is like <laughs> cheap compared to what that meat would be worth. Yeah, but you have yeah. to get a moose. True. Yeah. I got a week well, to do it. I'm this be, is true. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking hard. Looking hard yep. for it. Uh, that's about it for me. What about you, Kelly? So it was a productive week this week. I renewed my IPSC Ontario membership and I did it early. I didn't procrastinate. It was awesome. Didn't have to pay extra fees or anything. It was awesome. Uh, the other thing I did is also on Saturday, because it was Saturday, you know what I did? I went to SFRC and I bought some ammo because 
Well, I renewed my Ipsic Ontario membership, didn't I tell you? So I bought some nine mil, uh, a couple thousand rounds of the 127 grain mag tech. They had it on sale, so it's not the greatest, it's not the worst. So it was okay. It's cheap, goes bang. It's cheap, and it went bang. So, yeah. Went bang, good. Went bang. Uh, also, I went this weekend and I did some deer hunting, although it wasn't really deer hunting. It was more like sitting in the woods and, yeah, just sitting there and... The only thing did you I have really, tea or wine I, no. while you're in the woods? No. No. No tea, no wine, no coffee, no nothing. But I caught a couple of ticks. That's all I caught, really. Oh. That mm. was it. So, you can catch ticks at this time of year out there? It was 14 degrees. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can catch ticks at this time of the year. It's 14 degrees. It was way too warm. Nothing. And I mean, nothing was moving. Well, there was a raven that was flying overhead, and it was saying... There's a human down here. Don't move. Uh, <laughs> so that's, he was ratting me out. Uh, that was it. So uh, the other thing I was doing is uh, I'm going to be going and doing a little bit more deer hunting this weekend. So I set up that. And also we're going to go over to the Kincaid Ranch and have a get together with a bunch of gunnies and everybody that we usually shoot sick matches and everything with. So, yeah, that's about it. That's me. What about, hey, Sean, what about you? Hello, hello. Well, for me, uh, I didn't get out to the range, didn't go hunting, unfortunately. Uh, but I did end up going down to Dominion Outdoors in southern Manitoba uh, to actually to drop off some product. But while I was there, I was like, hey, you have SK Long Range Match for my 22. So I ended up picking up a brick of that because I've been meaning to give that a try. Um, I've used a lot of SK ammo, the standard plus rifle match, uh, all those, and uh, they've functioned fantastic in my 22. So wanted to give the uh, long range match a try. Uh, is that so in the Delask? So, is yeah, that your it'll be for semi? Both. Okay. Uh, uh, more, mostly for the CZ, but I'm definitely going to try it in both. Um, the the CZ 455, I did 100 yard groups, and they were three quarter inch for some of my better groups, 10 round groups. Um, out of that 22 and my Delask was about one and a half inch. So, um, I'm hoping to tighten that up a little bit more with those. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. And other than that, really just, uh, spending a lot of time in the shop and developing some new products, um, like rails for the, uh, XRS, Arca rails and, uh, doing some custom, uh, brass weights for some people. So a lot of manufacturing this week, not so much, uh, shooting related. Well, I guess it's shooting related, but uh, it'll get there eventually on somebody's gun. Perfect. That's exactly what we need. And we're going to hear more about it in the main topic. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Um, Yeah. So is that everything that you did this week? Yeah. uh, Other than, uh, like I said, no no shooting at the range. Just uh, sometimes I go down. Well, I'm in the the gun room right now sometimes i go there and fondle them and uh well i did i did get a a cheek riser for my uh x22 because after the maple seed i found that uh i need a little bit higher cheek uh cheek piece on there so thankfully with those uh magpul chassis uh you can just get those uh risers and i just picked up a high one and now it's perfect yeah that's what i'm finding that most people need a high one or the highest one especially if you put an optic on there yeah. yeah like i put the um they have the those Burris, I think they're the Burris uh, f- uh, rings with the cant in them. So okay. I put like 40 yeah. MOA cant on it because yeah. um, it's the flat top. So uh, I did set it up for like three, three, four hundred yards with my 22. And uh, now I definitely need the high cheek piece. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right. Hey, Mo. Yes. You're my up. turn. Yeah. My turn. Um, I signed up for an IPSC match uh, this Saturday in Joliet, Quebec. Uh, oh. So it'll be my second indoor match this winter. It is winter now, right? Um, and it's going to be good because uh, my friend Louis is going to be there and his wife is going to be shooting her first match because she uh, passed her uh, black badge course last weekend. So oh, that's, that's awesome. going to be exciting. Yeah. A new, a new member to the Ipsic family. So that's very excited. We're all excited for her. Um, I did some reloading for the match, obviously. Um, and uh, some more dry fire practice, uh, just working on stuff. And really that's really, that's it. I didn't, I didn't do any, I didn't get any live practice in, uh, no hunting this year for me, so 
That's it. How about you, Kyle? Uh, not a whole lot. I had a range or bi-monthly range meeting on Tuesday night and just more or less uneventful. Went over the updates on the range and filled the rest of the membership on where we are with our walls and reopening. We're waiting for another couple of lists of wood. It's supposed to be there pretty much any day now. Kind of hoping it was going to be there so we can get working on that this weekend and get it done. But see if it comes tomorrow. And other than that, I'm trying to redo the intro for the asylum before I get out the next episode. So hopefully I get some time through the weekend. I can record and put together a new intro and get that out. Nice. Awesome. What's the topic on the next one? I was going to, yeah. I had uh, Taylor on. It was supposed to be Taylor and Corey, but Corey uh, unfortunately wasn't able to make it to that one. So that'll be its own separate episode. But uh, it was Taylor and we went over USPSA Nationals down in uh, the States, the Carry Optics Nationals. Awesome. That should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it turned out good. Cool. Good. Something to look forward to listening to. We'll get into upcoming events sponsored by TLS Alpha. TLS Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at TLSAlpha.com. From Chris W., we have the Action Pistol Match Guelph, Ontario, Friday, November 19th at 2 p.m. or Saturday, November 20th and 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. I think that's it for events. Yep. Uh, we have, for the news, I just put one little news item. The uh, uh, the gunsmith that was shot and killed in Simcoe, Ontario, Roger uh, Katanko. Uh, there's still... Katanko? Katanko? Yeah. Um, there's... Um, Updates? No, I'm getting No, there's like nothing, and probably not going to be anything for months and months if they actually release anything. It's just you know, I've been been re- I've been following stuff in the Ipsic uh, Ipsic Ontario forum because it seems like a lot of the guys knew him and dealt with him and did business okay. with him, and everyone had like so many great things to say. So it's uh, it's just disappointing. There is a, a GoFundMe for him too, so uh, people can donate to that for the for the memorial and stuff for the family. Okay. So, uh, you know, in terms of news, there's nothing because I don't even know if we're ever going to hear what truly happened. So, no. Mm, yeah. Well, we right that they have investigated it and they yes. didn't find anything wrong. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's scary considering it could happen to any of us, right? So, mm-hmm. that's being, true. being gun, illegal gun owners who they know we have guns. So, I'll leave it. I don't have any guns. You don't. Because <laughs> we're not all being stored at somebody else's place and transferred legally. Sold, sold and transferred. Sold and transferred. Okay, no. everyone but everyone but Adriel has. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you on the show? Anyways. <laughs> Kidding. I'm sorry. He was here for the uh, grouse uh the grouse cooking tips. Regalia. Oh yeah. yes, right. We're 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 a cook show. We're a we're a cooking show. Browse, duck, yeah. Browse, yeah. duck, everything. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, we have no new CCFR legal donations, yep. uh, but if you do want to donate, please do for the legal fund at finance at firearmsrights.ca. We have our own contest. Uh, keep your right to defile your guns. Yes, you could still modify Dremel your guns. If you listen to Slamfire Radio, you will hear us talk about our love of everyone's favorite tool, the Dremel. With the way things are going, soon you may not even be able to mod your guns with files and Dremels. But with SFR's CCFR Legal Challenge Fundraiser, you can help us save your rights and win a chance to Dremel your way to freedem. Here's a chance at an Adriel the, Dem- the Dremel Demigod autographed cordless Dremel 8220. So you can donate to the CCFR Legal Challenge. Or send an EMT to them as well. Use the password HELP CCFR, all caps. 
And you can send us an email with proof of donation, name and contact info at slamfireradio at gmail.com. Draw, I guess, will be next, next week. Next week, the 18th. We'll do it uh, live on air, right? Mm-hmm. We'll do it live. Cool. Yeah. We'll do it live. Okay. Uh, and we have a, a, a new um, new person, Spencer. So thank you. And uh, let's sit for that. We got okay. a bunch. You want we me got to a bunch? Well, no, but we got a bunch, though. But yeah, we have a bunch, yeah. It's your last chance, people. Just saying. You want to get in? Your odds are pretty good, though. Okay. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> Anything else, Kelly? No. no. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm I'll be demure again. <laughs> no, no, don't be demure. Please don't. Uh, we'll get into new gun stuff sponsored by Bolt Action Coffee. Slam Fire is a brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. The coffee is roasted in small batches and is quite honestly some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. Send it to your house by going to www.boltactioncoffee.com. Discount code SLAMFIRE, all uppercase. And for new gun stuff, Adriel. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. Okay, there we go. First one. (laughs) If you wanted to build an M1 Garand, this is not the worst way to start. A Beretta or Breda M1 Garand receiver. Uh, If you want to build like a 308 Garand. Start with one of those fifty bucks. So Durham Outdoors nice. has these things fifty dollars for a receiver. Hmm. Completely stripped, so you need to add a whole bunch of parts to it. But uh, you know, got to build one. It's build a grand, kind of like build a bear. Mm-hmm. Kind of like build a bear, yeah. <laughs> like build a bear, yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, I like the reference. <laughs> with, yeah, yeah, with grands. You know, I, I I would build one of these but there's like there's two parts that i'm a little bit more nervous about or i just don't want to buy the tools for indexing the barrel oh yeah uh because you need to build to like indicate and get get that proper uh and then um cutting the chamber like doing doing the final reaming because Mm -hmm. a lot of the barrels that come with you need to do final reaming on them with a pull through is typically what you would what you do uh and that seems like something where if you're going to do them you might as well do like a bunch of them rather than just do one it's not like an AR where you can just like bolt it together and in an hour and call it a day. You gotta you gotta do a little bit yeah. of work and there's a couple of tools you might need. I guess there's tools you need for ARs too. You yeah. still need like your clamps and you still need you know a, a couple of different wrenches and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can pack it up and send it to somebody who already has the tools and has done it several times and mm-hmm. can send it back to you. You can True. get all the parts mm-hmm. and everything else and put it together. True. Yeah. 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 Anywho, if you want to start your Garand, even just a little baby step on it, 50 bucks. There you go. Durham Outdoors. Deal. Uh, and then Kelly was just here, but uh, SFRC got their uh, a large Kanek shipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They now have uh, 14 different models and configurations to choose from. So if you're looking for a uh, middle-of-the-road budget uh, handgun that comes in some really wild colors and yep. uh, different mm-hmm. flares, they got them. Yep. What is that? Alabaster white? Alabaster? Is that what that is? <laughs> I like it. I tell you what, I like yep. a I like a, a matte white gun. Nope. No? No. What about wait, wait, wait. There's another one here. Long, what about just cool. what about this one? Yeah, no. What if you went what if you did a match in the snow and you dropped it? It'd be gone forever. Ooh. You'd be like kicking around the snow trying to like where is that gun? Like kicking around for it. <laughs> Looking at a, a very white canic uh, pistol here, but if you use that dry, that dry, um, the palm dry, the pow- the white powder mm-hmm. and stuff, then it won't even pick up on the gun. So that actually would be good. Right? True. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It won't stain it or anything like that. Yeah. It looks like they've got a couple of different Cerakote versions. They got the TP9 SF. They've got yeah. the uh, TP9 Elite. TP9 Elite Combat. It's got a vortex uh, red dot on there, suppressor yeah. barrel, which we can't do anything with. But hey, that's neat. It's legal. You could throw a comp on there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, they have a ton of them in. So go and go and say hi to them. Go buy one. Cool. Say hi. Go say hi. That's all the. Well, that's all the interesting gun thing. Now, 
next weekend or next week or the week after one of those ones we're going to start seeing like a lot more we're already seeing some early black friday sales i haven't seen anything like screaming fantastic yet like rangeview has some uh wranglers for 259 which is pretty good uh but i think like the the screaming sales are, are yet to come tanda is selling candles of all things uh at a discount uh but i think we'll just wait like Hang tight one more week. Or is yeah, one more week. Really good sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We and then I might have to buy something. I might I might have to buy if the if the deals are good, I can't I can't stop myself. You can't <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't. No. No. All right. Anyways, that's it. And for our main topic, right. we are joined with Sean Maginet uh, of uh, Winnipeg. He scored a two forty nine in his uh, maple seed. And uh that's pretty impressive. Welcome to the show, uh, Sean. Mm. Thank you very much. Uh, I got that last name right, right? Yeah, clo- close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, two forty nine. Like, like uh, so, um, for most people out there, like a maple seed is uh, scored out of two hundred and fifty possible points, and you would think, like, okay, well, um, a perfect score is doable. Like, you could you could do that, but um, in reality, it's not. It's not that it's impossible. It's nearly impossible because in order to score well, you need to have everything go right. And in order for you to score a perfect score, you need absolutely everything to go right on absolutely every shot. And uh, uh, 249 means you you dropped one somewhere, uh, but that's it. Very impressive. So um, uh, one of the things I was curious about, what's what's your background? Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of shooting do you do that, uh, that you can lay your skills out like that or? Was it purely the fine instruction you received that day that got you to 249 from, from zero? I'm definitely going to say it's a little bit of both. Um, my, my background is I've been shooting for about two decades now. Um, I, uh, previous uh, to the two decades, I was just kind of plinking, messing around, and uh, I joined cadets when I was about 13, and uh, mm-hmm. I went through the range team. Um, so I spent six years on the range team through uh, air cadets. And uh, after that, I kind of took a bit of a, a hiatus because I didn't actually have my firearms license uh, at the time. So it took a few years for me to actually uh, get up the uh, the courage to go get it, even though it wasn't really that difficult uh, to go through the PAL course and our PAL course. Uh, but after that, I just uh, got my first uh, 1022 was my very first rifle. And uh, that was yeah. It was a fantastic rifle. It's like the Honda Civic of, uh, of 22s, and you can just customize it to all end. And um, so that was about a decade ago. And from there, it's just been a bit of planking. And um, from there, I got uh, more and more involved in customization of firearms and manufacturing. And that led me to about five years ago, where I actually started working with uh, PGW Defense in uh, Winnipeg. And uh, from there, um, that kind of led me to the next step, which was I didn't actually have a center fire rifle at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was really just 12 gauge and 22 the whole time. And at that point, I was like, there's this thing called PRS. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds very interesting. And having access to uh, fantastic rifles at PGW, I decided to build myself one. And started competing in 2018 in PRS, and um, I ended ended up uh, going whole hog right into uh, Meaford Long Range Steel Challenge. Um, so that was like right into the belly of the beast. <laughs> it was uh, a fantastic experience, and uh, getting to sh- see all the different shooters and how they engage different targets, and really not practicing much in terms of uh, positional shooting. Um, it was an eye opener. So uh, that kind of uh, escalated a bit further, and then I wanted some more practice. So uh, I joined other things like the Rifleman Team Challenge and um, a couple other competitions. And now with the prevalence of rimfire, um, I mean, my background started with rimfire, hmm. but then uh, CRPS, ORPS, um, Maple Seed, all these different fantastic programs and matches came along. And I wanted to pursue those as well because uh, center fire is fantastic. Um, but with rim fire, you can actually two, three hundred yards is like you're shooting eight, nine hundred yards with a, a center fire rifle. And, mm-hmm. um, 
that being said, it's it's kind of funny with the whole maple seed thing. Um, I've never actually shot with my sling. I've only ever used it as a sling, like just to sling my rifle over my shoulder. And that was the very first time I shot with it. So uh, it was a bit of, yeah, uh, from baseline knowledge to actually working in the industry and then uh, going through a few matches. And then with the whole maple seed thing, it was kind of... Um, a lot of times when you, you do something for a long time, um, you may not necessarily be doing something correctly and it's always good to revisit um, how you're approaching a situation and a subject. So that's kind of my approach to it is um, I wanted to reassess and take a look at my fundamentals and see how it was performing. And um, I, I knew Rick through uh, my business and he mm -hmm. was like, I'm coming through the city. Do you want to come to the Maple Seed? So two days before on a whim, I just signed up and I, I did have interest in becoming an instructor as well. Uh, and I was aware that you had to score riflemen in order to pursue that. So uh, I went, went through that and uh, here we are. Now I, I ended up uh, getting quite a fantastic score. Yeah, I'd say so. You, you took that, uh, I need to score rifleman pretty seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it sounds like a, a, a lot of really compressed uh, co competition shooting recently, um, just getting mm -hmm. into PRS. And uh, have you shot much CRPS and ORPS? No, actually, uh, my first CRPS match was this year. Um, mm -hmm. It was only a couple months ago. Um, I went down to the Pemina Valley uh, in southern Manitoba and sh shot my first CRPS there. And um, it, it was a fantastic experience. Uh, having come from uh, center, the centerfire world, it was just very, very familiar. And I just got into it. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. And uh, just got right into the match and di didn't win it like, uh, like I did the Maple Sea. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the fundamentals there are the same. It's, it's really just uh, more dialing. Maybe it's more dialing because, like, the, even, even just, like, 300 or two, two to 300 on a 22 is, is, uh, is dialing in quite a bit of dope. Yeah. Now I actually just do uh, holds. I, I don't uh, dial anymore. I just do a hundred yard zero and up hold down hold and, mm -hmm. uh, just a, a lot faster for my transitions. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Around with the dial. yeah. So huh. you, you said that you wrote at uh, Meaford. So I'm gone. That's where I remember your name from. Because I heard you a couple of times. Oh, yeah. uh, um, you mentioned it. You said it was the first time that you used the sling, mm -hmm. and for somebody who, you know, you've been using uh, your rifle for twenty years, it was it hard to actually get into the mindset of using the sling, and did it make a difference? Do you think for you? Uh, it made it absolutely made a difference. And in terms of getting uh, into using the sling, I would say no, because um, that was one of the things um, that Rick had mentioned. Uh, I guess the general premise of Maple Seed is come with a teachable attitude. And mm -hmm. although I've been shooting for a long time, I didn't want to come in uh, and with my held he head held high and be like, oh, I know everything. And th that's absolutely not how I wanted to approach it. I wanted to be uh, open to new concepts and uh, the sling is definitely something that I wanted to get uh, proficient with. Mm -hmm. So it was a great opportunity for me to take, uh, take that sling and find the usefulness of it. And uh, after ha having it, uh, the loop sling and the hasty sling and using my palm, palm shelf and uh, just ha finding a stable position because typically... Uh, previous to all this competition stuff, I was very much a, a belly shooter. I just uh, throw my bipod out, a, a shooting bag, and it's it's extremely stable. So uh, now having to go off your own body and use the mechanics of the way your body works in order to s uh, stabilize that rifle, it was uh, quite an eye opener. And having the it shot as well as I did with it, it was it was quite uh, amazing, even for me. Awesome. So yeah. what was the biggest thing that you actually, like, I always wonder what people, the biggest takeaway people come from a maple seed with, like, obviously you were a good shooter before you came to the event, uh, but what was the biggest takeaway you think that you got from it or the like all moment for you? I'd say the biggest takeaway is absolutely uh, to do with, uh, there's, there's a few of them. Uh, one of them to be uh, with the sling, just in order uh, the proper way to utilize it um, 
because I've seen people using slings, but I just never really understood the loop sling because I've no, I mean, I could have probably watched a YouTube video or something to got the fundamentals down for that. But uh, the method of the way you secure it, that just, it makes so much sense now that I've seen it in person and now that I've utilized it. And also just um, uh, looking at the groups. Um, so I, I actually reload as well for uh, my center fire rifle. And when okay. I'm shooting groups, typically I look at my horizontal stringing, my vertical stringing. Um, but then my horizontal stringing, I more attribute that to my extreme spread. So the deviation in the ammunition. Yeah. Uh, my horizontal, I more attribute that to, to wind because I'm shooting at distance. But then in this case, when you're looking at uh, vertical stringing, okay, that could be you're just timing your breath improperly mm -hmm. uh, with your vertical or yeah, your horizontal stringing that could be more do your trigger squeeze. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, so that was uh, for me, it was, it was on a small scale because of the distance, but it's still very apparent that you can see those differences. And uh, I do analyze my groups regularly, but a lot of the times, like I said, it's just like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, that's my extreme spread or that's the wind or whatever it may be. But in this case, I'm like, Oh no, that's actually my trigger. And, just seeing that little bit of horizontal shift. So it was uh, very, very useful in that regard. So if you're doing uh, center fire when you're shooting that, will you start to incorporate that into your thoughts process now? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, taking um, shooting is um, a bunch of things packed into one situation. So it's not just one situate it's not just wind it's not just yeah, right. uh, your extreme spread there's many different factors that can play into your accuracy and your precision so um, now uh, having went through this program it's definitely something to further analyze and i'm usually very conscious of my trigger pull i, I use a single stage trigger that's usually a around a pound so yeah. it's uh you have to be very conscious of a light trigger pull mm -hmm. um Actually, with the maple seed, I end up running my uh, custom Delaska 1022 for that. Okay. So uh, a semi for that. Because you know, I was just like, ah, you know, it's not as accurate as my bolt gun, but it's a bit of an advantage with a semi-auto. Yeah. So I, I took that. And with that, you have to be a little bit more conscious, too, of the trigger pull. Um, I actually run a Timney trigger in there. So it's a lighter trigger as well. Uh, two and a half pound, I think. And that one, if you're a little too light on the trigger, you can actually double fire. Um, yeah. So it's just something to be a little bit more conscious of. And I was very conscious of that previously because I set my 1022 up for a CRPS match. Um, but being very conscious of the trigger pull and uh, and all that is, is very important. Now, did you use that to your advantage on the transition stages where you have to do two and then reload to eight? <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have. I did not, but... <laughs> get that speed out of there yeah it sounds like uh like some good good gear that you took out there i mean the um yeah the things you mentioned have been uh were, were uh big takeaways for me as well i, th I think some of the, some of the positions are really interesting as well just being able getting that good practice getting into them like you mentioned mm -hmm. you're do a lot of belly shooting but uh standing is uh, is pretty useful and then some of the different kneeling ones i, I get tremendous utility out of some of those sitting ones uh hunting or uh or or doing many different kinds of shooting we did a three gun match uh, a couple months ago and one of the one of the stages was there's just a tarp here and you're shooting and you got to shoot up to like 300 so what are you going to do and there was no room to go prone on it and uh okay yeah. it was very quick for me oh i'm going to go cross-legged and i'm going to need to do this with my legs and it was very quick to get into and and, uh, and get the shots off so yeah, and, and once you build that stable platform, it it, it is very stable. Um, it's it's kind of funny looking at my groups. Uh, I mean, I can't really see them back there, but um, you can actually see going from the, the transition stage where you're standing to going uh, seated and prone as well. You can see the first three, like they're within the square, but it's like open, little close, a little bit more closed, and then the last group is super tight because it's just I had that little bit of extra time to, to relax, and uh, mm -hmm. I kind of... It's it's a bit of a battle because it's like once the clock is on, like the first half of the day, it's just no clock, no nothing. Just, okay, pay attention to everything. Pay attention to standing, your seated position, and your prone position, what you're doing, and how to utilize that properly. But then when the clock hits, it's just a different mindset. And it's like, oh, no, I got to beat the clock. But at the same time, I'm like, no, 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 I don't got to beat the clock. I just got to get good shots off. So it was a little bit of a battle in my head there. 
Yeah, that's actually why um, we talk about my phone's bubble at the mm-hmm. at the events as well. Get out of your head because if you get into your head, yeah, you're going to think about the time as opposed to making the shots. And if you can use uh, what we've taught you, you're going to be able to actually get off all your shots within the time period. Now, it's based on my muscle memory and being able to <clears throat> be proficient uh, as well. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, you're right. Yeah. She's very choked up about the I was clearly getting <laughs> really very emotional about the <laughs> the positions and the the shots and the the bubble and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and as well just uh like something I've been um also very conscious of is timing that wobble. Um mm-hmm. Like once you're shooting off a barricade, it's it becomes more and more apparent the less stable the barricade is. So I, I have experienced timing that wobble and utilizing the sling with a stable position, timing that wobble, breath, trigger squeeze, everything that goes into it. Um, it would just it kind of like like mentioned in the program, the rifleman's bubble. It's like nothing else mattered, and I was just focusing on what I was doing, breaking those shots at the correct moment, and it was just, it, it was a great experience. Even even no, though, like I said, I've been shooting for a long time. It was it was a really nice experience to get out there, and also there were some new shooters out there too, and it's just great to see. And and with that, I like part of it was me wanting to become an instructor too, just because I want to pass on this knowledge further and as well just grow the community because it's it's such a great community of people and shooters that mm-hmm. uh, I want to see grow further. I think uh, for, well, fantastic. Thank you, by the way. Um, but uh, I found that Manitoba, it's, uh, it is it is a great community of shooters, but it's really hard to break into that community as well. But once you, you do, like you have some really strong advocates like yourself, uh, PGW was there or is still there. Um, you have so many really good, uh, resources in that in Manitoba as well, but Project Maple Seed is has been going out there for four years, and uh, uh, we're just starting to get uh, events where that they're, they're selling out. Um, and now it's people are asking more and more events, and people like you, and there's Craig that stepped up, mm-hmm. and there's yeah, Dale, Craig's and a few there. other people that have stepped up. So it's great to see that we can start really growing the uh, the events in Manitoba. Not only that, with that it means we're also going to have events like ORPS, CRPS as well, and hopefully, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just taking off. So that's great. Yeah, the community is definitely growing and there's uh, a couple match directors that are um, looking at setting up some matches for next year. So that's fantastic to see. And yeah. I think um, a- as I came from uh, center fire, it seems, it seems a little bit more daunting to get into center fire. Yeah. Um, even though, like I mentioned, the, the positions are very similar and the distances are just like you're shooting uh, quite a far distance with the center fire rifle. For some reason, it just, it doesn't seem as taxing to get into rim fire and maybe it's the recoil, maybe it's the price, maybe it's a bunch of factors. A little bit of both, but, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's really nice to see that even, even young shooters are very interested in getting into these matches now. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Now, uh, your name, Marginet, uh, I've, I've heard that around somewhere. Do you have, do you have products? Do you, do you have a company that's associated with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of plastered all over my walls here. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I actually started um, a business in 2018 uh, called Marginet Metalworks. It uh, was something that tied in with uh, PGW. Uh, I was a CAD CAM and CNC machinist at PGW, manufacturing actions, uh, bolts, all sorts of different rifle components, as well as uh, assembling the rifles. And from there, I just kind of, um, on my spare time, I wanted to uh, pursue some further innovation and products. So I started Marginet Metalworks in 2018, and I started developing things like uh, reloading trays, and um, then I got my M-Lock license from Magpul, so I uh, was able to create M-Lock uh, creations, and that cool. kind of branched into things like the Arca M-Lock clamp, which is just essentially two of some of the best interfaces, Arca and M-Lock, put together. And um, now I'm, I'm pretty heavy into Arca and M-Lock accessories across the board, 
And as well, I started developing some accessories for the Harris bipods because that's really all I use is Harris bipods on all my rifles. So I developed uh, things like uh, spike feet and uh, a direct mount Harris adapter f- um, that goes to M-Lock. Um, cool. a-, a lot of my uh, products and components actually come from uh, an issue that I ran into in the field, uh, typically in a match. And um, for example, that uh, Harris bipod mount, that came from a tire stack stage or a tire uh, <laughs> a stage where you had to go through each tire. And I used, I decided to use my bipod instead of a bag as a rest. And progressively, as I moved through each tire, my bipod was looser and looser and looser. Because those little um, sling swivel studs, they just, you have to tighten them with a, a pliers or an Allen key or something. Yeah. Otherwise, they're coming out. So got to the final stage and I went to deploy my bipod and the bipod fell off. And I'm like, well, that's not good. So <laughs> I, uh, I went to the drawing board and came up with a different uh, adapter for that. And uh, as I mentioned with the M-Lock, uh, I'm like, why not M-Lock? And then I can attach it to my clamp or direct mount to a rail or, or many other situations. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of just, with that trend, I just continued developing accessories in my spare time. And um, I'm sure you're, you're all aware now uh, that PGW is uh, more or yeah. less winding down operations. Yeah. Um, so I, w- I was there for about five years um, working with them doing this on the side but uh now that they're um they're they are doing some transitioning right now i can't speak too much to that yet um i can say that they are not done and um there's some things in the work in the background but i can't speak too much to that yet um but i currently for the past three months i've just really been doing my own thing on the side and i actually still rent machine time from them um that's that's one of the things is being a machinist um, is great, but uh, you kind of need a machine in order to uh, mm-hmm. produce all these products. So I don't actually have my own machine. I still rent machine time from them, and I uh, I just develop my products on my own time and then go there to manufacture them. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so you, you mentioned most of your stuff is like Arca, M-Lock, different kind of mounts and clamps and uh, a couple of feet, a couple of things for, uh, for Harris bipods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, awesome. I also, I post on, uh, I, I've been pretty quiet with the whole thing. Like, I'm relatively unknown in the community. It's more recently I've been more and more known after, I actually went on the Rimfire Nation podcast uh, mm-hmm. in September uh, yeah. to discuss a little bit uh, about my, my business and my, my path. And uh, so my business is growing and my um, being known, uh, I'm known a little bit more around and it's it's kind of cool going to matches now and seeing people i'm like oh you're you're running you're my running stuff. my stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of weird and kind of cool at the same time absolutely well you got some pretty reasonably priced stuff and and some yeah. of the stuff is uh is pretty unique i'm gonna i'm gonna share my screen here because there's a couple things that i just wanted to point out for our listeners and viewers uh there's uh, uh yeah like, like we mentioned there a couple of different arca and mlock tripod platform uh as a as a gamer uh uh my eye was drawn to these guys <laughs> <laughs> the weight the weight those have yeah. been uh, a huge hit um uh, a lot of people are really liking that brass on the rifles yeah hmm. so yeah i, I opted yeah. for the brass because there, there's a lot of people out there a lot of different companies that are making weights now um but i i wanted to do a little something a little different so there's uh, actually M-Lock slots on the outside of those, so you can attach your... Actually, you see in that picture there. Yep, right yeah. there. Uh, QD sling mount is what I put on there. Mm-hmm. I didn't run that for the maple seed because uh, I didn't want the extra weight on there. I just put yeah. the QD sling mount Smart. on the side. Yeah. Um, but uh, just just a little bit of extra features on there. And then with the brass, um, brass is higher density than a lot of other mm-hmm. materials. So you can actually make it slightly smaller for a little bit heftier uh, weight. And... One of the things I found too is with a lot of these weights, it's it's odd numbers like six point seven ounces or four point three or whatever it may be, and I'm like, I want to do an even eight and eight ounces. That way, you can put a pound on your rifle wherever you'd like it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they look small, but they're that's a that's a pound that's a, of weight yeah. that you can put way out there. And I mean, just just for some listeners that may, might not know, like you would put that weight out there to steady it to make it like harder, so your muscles like shaking, or, or why would you want to put that out there? Uh, well, typically, uh, weights are added either to the front or the rear of the rifle to mm-hmm. shift the balance point of the rifle. 
Uh, a lot of people, uh, myself included, I like to have the balance point just in front of the mag well so that if you're uh, snugged up to a barricade and you can pretty much just like leave your rifle sit there actually very much like in that picture just like that mm-hmm. uh, you can just leave it sit there and uh, it will just it'll stay and that plays a huge role in balance when you're actually breaking those shots and also with the additional weight uh, it really plays a great role in spotting your hits or misses at distance mm. keep the rifle down keep it uh, put all that weight so there's there's more uh, inertia that's got to be moved by the gun very yeah. interesting as a as a gamer, I like it. <laughs> Anytime yeah, something's actually, made of brass, it's, like, oh, yeah. it's very nice. And actually, uh, my reloading trays that was one of the very first products I made, but I've actually just released a new revision of that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, anodized, and then I machine the pockets in after, so it uh, it's a really nice contrast now. And um, I I had to increase the price a little bit because that anodizing is not cheap, but. <laughs> um, it uh, looks, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that still like the raw machine look, but uh, myself, now that I, I have the access, this is uh, Type 3 Class 2, the mil-spec anodizing that I get done. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's very durable stuff, and it looks fantastic. Oh, cool. Yeah, rubber feet on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing, too. Um, it's for having reloaded a lot myself. I, I've used those plastic trays, and they're fine, but uh, I found that there's been a couple times where I've knocked my case, and then all of a sudden there's powder all over, and it's powder in yeah. a different case, and I'm like, oh no, which one did that go in? And now I have to start all over, so having something that's one hefty, so it doesn't really move around, and the rubber feet uh, help keep it planted very well, too. Awesome. Bunch of different diameters. Cool. Mm. Yeah, that's fancy. Yeah. And I started, I like uh, there's uh, some UIT stuff, so the Anschutz style rails. Um, I developed a T-nut for that, so it works with, uh, there's, ha- having delved into that, there's uh, m- many different types of rails. There's Freeland, Freeland Anschutz, Tesro, all these different types of rails, and they're all slightly different. So I designed a T-nut that works with all those rail platforms, and then as well you can use M-Lock accessories on uh, an Anschutz rail now too. Ooh. That hmm. is wild. I mean, for a lot of people, like you're stuck with whatever they got from the factory, uh, and that's kind of it. So it's nice getting some more adapters and some more things that uh, that just allow you to do more with your rifle. I like this this uh, this tile uh, M lock thing as well <laughs> that you had going here. Yeah, that was just uh, interesting. I just. Uh, kind of sometimes I make a product just to test the waters and that was one of those. I'm like, hmm, what if I wanted an arca rail, but then I wanted to make it even longer and then I wanted to go back and just have a single little M-lock rail. So That's cool. That was kind of the concept behind that and uh, I had to make it unobtrusive so that those nubs didn't get in the way and then also mm-hmm. space it correctly uh, so that you can interface it. Uh, thankfully, M-lock has a standard and if anybody is certified, they have to adhere to that standard. So, uh, as long as uh, a manufacturer's uh, certified by Magpul, it'll work across the board. Very cool. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of products in here that are really interesting. They seem super reasonably priced. I mean, you could put an Arca rail onto your gun for uh, for right around eighty to a hundred bucks. This this is almost like that that Lynx uh, belt that uh, Double Alpha sells, except for Arca rail and for a rifle rather than uh, for your hips. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lots of interesting stuff in here. Lots of uh, Lots of really cool products. I'm sure that there's uh, there's a lot of people in PRS that are probably facing challenges with getting stuff mounted that uh, that this could help with. Yeah, and I started um, with the Arca stuff. Um, actually, my 1022 that I brought to Maple Seed and set up for PRS, I designed a specific Arca rail for that. So it's a 10.2 inch Arca rail for the full four end of the Magpul uh, X22 Hunter? chassis. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, so it's designed specifically for that. Um, I also have um, MDT XRS 14-inch uh, Arca Rail uh, because I, that's one thing. MDT makes some fantastic products, but they didn't make one other than their um, replacement hood for the XRS. They didn't make one that goes all the way to the back to the magwell. So I designed an Arca Rail that works with that. And um, so right now I'm kind of just, uh, I did a little poll in the CRPS thing and I'm like, oh, anybody need an Arca Rail? And XRS seemed very prevalent. Um, with all the uh, Bergaras and Rimaxes, and now, ooh, those ultimatums coming out. And uh, so a lot of people are going to be running uh, Rem 700 profile chassis. So 
that's that's kind of I try and test the waters and see what uh, would work out uh, well for people. And Ark and Mlock have just been something that I've uh, gone hog wild with. Yeah, yeah, an an Arca rail for an X twenty two stock is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> then like if you've got your PRS rifle and it's Arca, you're good to go. You have all your accessories go on that. You can do your cheap little plinking stuff and swap up uh, off and on very easily because Arca is great for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and as you mentioned with the price points, um, looking at like I, I'm very familiar with Area 419 and I love their stuff, but yeah. by the time you get it imported, duties, taxes, everything, it's just mm. prices are excessive. And I wanted to bring something to the Canadian market that was reasonable. Uh, I still need to make a little bit, but I wanted to bring something that was a good price point that um, somebody wouldn't have to spend 150 200 400 whatever it may be for just a rail or something like that yeah fantastic that's good yeah, yeah. and i like yeah. the fact that you started this because it was something that you needed when you were shooting it's based yeah, on necessity i think that's that's um having worked in the industry and worked with a bunch of fellow shooters and innovators it's something that i looked at from them and they're all shooters themselves and mm -hmm. if if you want to be good in a in a certain industry i think you need to participate in that industry mm -hmm. and uh, i mean you can still be very efficient very prevalent in that but it certainly helps that i have a stake in it and uh yeah a lot of it comes from a need for myself but i think these products have helped a lot of people as well mm-hmm I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, any of the other guys, guys have any uh, questions for Sean? No, I do know that uh, last year we had you on. Well, we mentioned your Black Friday sales. So hopefully we'll be able to do that for you too when they're out. So send us those if you do have them. Sounds good. But where can people find you? Yeah, well, uh, my website is mmwgear.ca as well. I can be found on Facebook and Instagram, uh, mmwgear as well, or Marginette Metalworks on the internets. And um, as mentioned, I was on episode 28 of Slamfire Radio, so you can get a little bit more of my history uh, in manufacturing and a little bit more details about PGW, such as the Direwolf project that I worked on. Um, so, yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff like that website is primarily where all my products are listed and Facebook and Instagram for uh, any posts that I may make about developments or new products coming out. Cool. So just a quick chat. Are you going to go back to, if Maver is running next year, are you going to come? Oh yes. Oh, all right. Yes. What are you uh, running by the way? <laughs> I might be taking my CZ 455 out. Uh, oh really? I think now I, I might have to do it with a bullet gun. <laughs> <laughs> really? And I yeah. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> okay. And only one and, match. And you'll score a two fifty this time, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Good. That's probably what the issue oh, no. was before. Was, yeah. the gun, gun wasn't accurate enough. It dropped one outside. The, no, no. The five zone there. <laughs> when I said Meford, I meant Meford Long Range. Oh, I thought you said oh. Maple Seed. No, uh, but are you coming? I, I heard that too. Yeah. Did I say Maple uh, Seed? I might have Meford. Oh, I think I heard wrong. Meford. I'm not sure yet. Now with um. With everything that's been going, like actually when I went, um, I was sponsored by PGW. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm on my own, um, there's little time in the day for me to do any shooting. So it's uh, it's hard for me to get away now and not be in the shop. So yeah. e mm -hmm. evenings and weekends, I'm usually working, but I'm, I'm very hopeful. And okay. I think uh, at least a lot of rimfire stuff. Uh, now that there's more and more coming to uh, Manitoba and the air surrounding areas, that'll definitely be uh, something that you'll see me at more next year. Perfect. Hoping to actually meet you. In per well, no, I did. I didn't know it was you, though. <laughs> I was nobody then. <laughs> you were somebody. <laughs> Hang on. That name sounds super familiar. Now I know why. I've met you a couple of times already. Yeah. Anyways, but... Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for coming on again, Sean, and uh, hope we'll see you again soon. Thank you very much for having me. It was a great experience, and uh, having been a, a listener for quite some time, it, it'll be strange because it'll probably come up on my feed, and I'll be like, oh, there's me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It was great to have you on. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks again to Sean for coming on to tell us about your Maple Seed experience, uh, your shooting history, and your current business. So thanks again. And thank you for having me. We'll get into listener feedback. 
uh, sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. Also follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, do we have a letter? But I feel like we read this one before. Is that? Oh, we might have. We might have. Yeah, I think that was yeah. last week. I didn't think that was fresh. It was more hunting no. stuff. More hunting was, and uh, recipes and, and cookbooks. Yeah, cookbook and. So we should just do a cooking show. Scrap this the is whole. Correct. Yeah. I killed yeah. some bacon last week, so I can. You help did. You go. Ooh. Yeah. What did you I use? Do that. What did you use for your curing? Like, what did you use for your rub? Uh, it's, I did, uh, honey garlic and then oh. I did uh, Asian style bacon nice. um, and then I just get some curing salt from a local, local shop here and then cure it for three to five days and smoke it. Uh, I do a hot smoke instead of a cold smoke. Ooh. So it, uh, renders the fat and you nice. can just eat it right off the grill. Mm. Can you send me the recipe? Absolutely. <laughs> like seriously do that. Amazingribs.com. Amazingribs.com. <laughs> some bacon strips in the mail. Just put them in a letter in an envelope. Oh. Just with, just, I, you could probably go. fit three in there. Oh yeah, and still mail it with a stamp. I got some big boxes here, so I can fit okay. a lot. Uh, that <laughs> reminds me, I haven't received uh, any packages from you, Adriel, yet. <sighs> <It's coming. laughs> Is it coming? Okay. I thought you had a staff. you had a staff to take care of that stuff, Adriel. Mm, no staff are on strike. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're talking about unionizing. Oh boy, union. not good. Yeah. You got to bust yeah. that <laughs> trouble. Yep, <laughs> gonna go under. <laughs> okay, so we have no uh, Facebook reviews either. Nope. If you if you'd like to email the show, you can do so at slamfireradio at gmail dot com. You can talk about guns or cooking topics as well. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we cover it all apparently. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, we'd appreciate it. You can do that through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash slamfire radio. And uh, we've covered all the comment. There were too many comments in the actual live ones tonight, right? Yeah. We're hitting those. No. They're coming up. Yep. All right. Uh, shout outs. We'll go Adriel. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Thomas and Rosie for helping. Uh, Bring in all that stuff and going hunting with me this uh, this weekend. It was fantastic. And uh, shout out to Sean for coming on to tonight to tell us about uh, how to get to 249. Now everyone knows you just need to get a job in the industry and start a company that specializes on precision like manufacturing. You'll yep. probably get the skills. They probably like by making the gun parts, you get the skills, right? Yeah, exactly. makes sense. Yeah, 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 makes sense. yeah. <laughs> perfectly logical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone else, Kelly? Uh, I just want to give a shout out to both Kyle and uh, Kelly Kincaid uh, for allowing me to go onto their property this past weekend to go, you know, pick up some ticks. <laughs> that some was it. ticks. Yeah, that's well, harvesting ticks. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't. You don't have tags for that, did you? No. Uh, no. 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 There's they're plentiful here in southern Ontario, okay. and we don't. Uh, yeah, they're ready to limit the ticks. <laughs> no. No tick limit. Yeah. How about you, Kyle? Uh, yeah. I'd like to give a shout out to our armed forces past and present for all the sacrifices they make so we can enjoy the freedoms that we do. Good one. Yes. And Sean? Yeah, well, I, I'd i like to give a shout out to all my uh, current and future customers as well as uh, dealers that are coming on board uh, as mentioned I went to Dominion Outdoors so I'd love to give them a shout out and I now have a dealer in Norway uh, Shooter.no so uh, getting getting across uh, Canada and across the globe and as well I'll do a meta shout out to Slamfire Radio I've been a long time listener and uh, it's it's a fantastic opportunity for me to come on and I thank you all thank oh, you great to have you on yep great guest um okay so do we want to do the read now your call you're the lead host uh i don't have it ready 
<laughs> Kyle? I have it ready, Kyle? yeah. <laughs> okay. So let me let me just wrap it up and then we'll get to okay. So check us out on Gunners Load of Canada. Like us on Facebook. We're at 2848. As of today, give us a review on Facebook. Join the CCFR, very important. And uh before we see you next week, we have a uh, Kyle, take it away. In Flanders fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky that the lark still bravely singing fly. Scarce head amid the guns below. We are dead short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders, Flanders fields. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, and good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Great. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.